Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Your Way with Noe. My name is Noe, and today we have a, a very awesome topic and a very awesome person that will probably be something that that everybody enjoys because she literally makes a drink that we all start our day with and is vital to our day for most of us. Joining me today is none other than the owner and founder of Curator Coffee, Yuli. How are you, Yuli? Good. How about you, Noe? I'm good. Uh, Yuli, as like I said, um, can you tell us a little bit, a very quick summary that you are the, in fact, the owner and creator of Curator Coffee? Uh, yeah, so I have this kind of a vision of creating Curator a while back. Um, just because I was doing ceramic and I really like coffee and I've always want to combine the two together. So it just, you know, I was always kind of like, you know, I need to save money to make these dreams come true. And whenever I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready. Um, then I turned my two-week notice, and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so obviously we have to kind of, you know, do it in a way that fit into the the situation of how the pandemic and everything go. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, this is what I want to do, so I'm gonna make it happen. So instead of opening up the shop, I think like, okay, I need to start it as know a coffee car keep it mobile keep it outdoor mm-hmm. so we can social distance they'll stay stay staff in the you know, outdoor area so then we have our first papa at rainbow garden and people like it people like the way we make our drink which is very light sweet and we use really fresh roasted coffee that roasted by the san antonio roaster uh, we work with different roasters, but all of them are local. And and, uh, now you, and then you kind of you know vaccine, yeah, the vaccine came out. We feel like okay, about time, and so we have it open this month. The actual brick and mortar, but the we're still doing coffee cart on the side though. Mm-hmm. We still go to church and. Uh, we're actually going to pop at Rainbow Garden again next Saturday. So nice. yeah. Just so um let tell us a little bit about yourself, Yuli, who you are. Um, um like um how, how do I start? Oh <laughs> <laughs> just introducing yourself. Probably tell us a little bit about your background. Okay, so I'm Yuli and my background, I grew up in a family that really care about coffee and tea. So growing up, I've just watched my dad, you know, uh, brewing really nice tea. And he liked to talk about his coffee, like, oh, this coffee need to brew this way, in what temperature. So growing up, kind of get influenced by, you know, that kind of background, like the family love coffee. We, um, besides going to, like the 
Costa Rica trip to visit a coffee bean farmer. My family also has went on a trip to like, you know, to see the coffee bean farm in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And we every time we travel, if we see there is a coffee mill nearby, we'll just, you know, make an extra stop. So just kind of seeing and learning about coffee while traveling, it just kind of opened up my world to it. But then that's something I also learned is that coffee roaster, there's a lot, there's a lot of knowledge going to being a roaster, but then that's uh, a pretty profound feel and that each roaster kind of have like a special thing they do, right? They work with a different farm. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know what, what I like to focus is not the roasting part, but the making part of it, which is the barista part. Mm-hmm. So. Um, after a while, I decided, like, you know, I, I'm going to go get my barista experience on, but I did not have the work experience in barista before. So then I first started going to the barista school and learned about, you know, all the basic from the barista school and then got certified as a barista from the barista school. And after that, I started working in the coffee shop a bit. And get my experience on and then started doing the pop-up and all that and the traveling part takes many years you know mm-hmm. just every time i travel i stop by the coffee being farm if i can but the actual getting barista hand-on experience and going to barista school that take about a year before we you know launch out for you know, the first pop-up, not not a year, but about mm-hmm. everything that happened was, was within 2020. Yeah. Can, yeah. I know this because I know you personally, but can you explain the radical career change that you had to do to follow your dream with Curator Coffee? Oh, you mean what I did before mm-hmm. I go into the food industry? Yeah. Okay. So I was working in like, you know, corporate finance, just typical desk job, you know, with number, you know, just corporate finance stuff. But to be honest, I I was never really interested in finance. I actually before I even go to UTSA, um, I wanted to go to a culinary school. But then my parent was really against the idea of, you know, going to culinary school because they're more like, you know, Asian parents. They want mm-hmm. your kids to be either doctor, finance, or, you know, it's the mm-hmm. Asian parent stuff. <laughs> and so yeah. the finance degree is like, you know, for my parents. They want me to get a college degree. Here you go. Here's my college degree. They want me to have some work experience with my degree. Here you go. I did it. I did it for four years, almost five years. Mm-hmm. I can do it, but I tell them, you know, I can't do it, but I'm not happy. I still want to do the very first thing I wanted to do before I even go to college, which is working in the food industry. So mm-hmm. I was just really depressed whenever I was working in a finance job and I have car accident every year. I, I feel like maybe I'm a bad driver, but maybe it was because I was just depressed all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I'm 20, 20, 20, no, 2019, 
I have a really bad car accident. I almost died from it. And that's sort of a wake up call for me to be like, you know, if I was going to die tomorrow, there's so many things I want to do. I haven't done it. And working in the food industry was the biggest one, the biggest thing that I want to do in my life. And so I tell my parents, like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't do the office job every time I work in the office. I, I just, I'm not me. I feel like I'm someone else. I have to put a mask on, but I'm not who I am. I can mm-hmm. never really open up myself to, you know, to just the office environment. So then I decided to quit. And my parents finally said that, you know, <laughs> they're like, <laughs> fine. And they end up pretty supported after I have a big talk with them. You know, I'm like, I need to quit my job. I can't do this. And I, I found the a restaurant job because before they would not even let me go work in the restaurant. And so I found a restaurant job and I tell them, you know, I was much happier being serving on the table than sitting in the AC room working with computer. Like to wow. talk to people in person in the restaurant setting or in the dining setting. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, the money wasn't as good, but the amount of happiness I get out of just talking to people serving them and you know feed people mm-hmm. there's so much joy come from that so like like friends that near close to me and my partner they can like feel the big different like they all tell me like oh yeah Yuli, you're a much happier person now mm-hmm. and i feel like you know that's what i'm supposed to do i should have go to culinary school in the first place but my parents wouldn't allow that so finance is more like all right, you want me to do it? I'll do it for you. But it wasn't for myself. It, it was never for myself. And I was talking to Zach a lot. I was like, you know, if even if my shop doesn't work, like I, I'd rather be a house housewife or just work from <laughs> home as a potter, a poor artist or whatever. I, I don't want to ever go back to the office. <laughs> it just, it's just totally not me. Like I can do the finance, but I just, I was so miserable. It was just not me. It's a very inspiring story to really, when one follows their dream. Yeah. But to be honest, I never thought I was really great at doing office job either. (laughs) It's just like when something you're not like passionate with, you can do a good job with it either. Is mm-hmm. what I get out of it. You know, just working in the office, True. like, I, yeah. It's just, it's I, not for me. It's not for me, yeah. Another, uh, you mentioned something else, which was mm-hmm. your, um, your love, not just for coffee, but for pottery as well. Yeah. Pottery, definitely. So I started doing pottery about three, four years ago, and just it was started as just like you know one try, just one section, wheel through. Um, mm-hmm. But it was so addictive that one sections, and I decided to join the next month and next next month, and then I just keep going, and then eventually I'm like, okay, I'm ready to buy my own pottery wheel, my own kiln, and have a studio set up. It was just something that is fascinating 
to me and I'm really addicted to making pottery. It, it's <laughs> made me really happy. It's like you're in another world when you're making pottery. I mean, when I'm making pottery, <laughs> I feel like I'm in another world. Just like a world of all the possibility. Because now that whatever I see when I you know are outside or whatever I need, I'm thinking like, oh, can I make that with pottery as a medium? Or like, like I saw someone uh, the door sign or a number sign. You know, I'm like, oh, I can make a number sign with just using pottery, like ceramic, and just mm-hmm. a lot of things. Like I see it, and I'm like, oh, I can make this. Easy. You know project in pottery it's like there's a lot of possibility in ceramic yeah i really enjoyed uh i enjoy seeing your piece i own a mug that you made yourself is really not it's one of my favorites um and i i see it too at the um at the expositions that happen in the city museum in city art museum and it's it's a large community that you, that honestly it sometimes goes um the pot of gill, right? Uh, except for yes. The pot of gill is great. People are great. You, know, you learn so much from other potter. And it's and it's like not a, just uh huh. It's not just like creating pottery, but telling stories through your your pottery and ideas. Yeah, definitely. Every potter has something that they focus on making. And the potter world is just amazing. Potter, it's not like um, some artists say, like, oh, this is my creations. No one take it. No one steal my <laughs> idea. But in the potter world, people are very sharing. Like, they're like, oh, I have this idea. Let me share with you. Oh, I have this special technique. Let me share with you. There's almost like no secret between potters. And that's something I really mm-hmm. like about being a potter and in the potter community that everyone is so open and just helping each other. And, that's- you know, people are not going to be like, oh, you stole my idea. Not cool. No, potter are generally pretty chill because to be real, the ceramic history is being around thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So it's more of how much you know, how much you're willing to share. And the Potter Guild in San Antonio, um, it's it's a very friendly guild, and everyone is super sharing and loving in the guild. And in that's why someone like you, who is just curious, can join that community and quickly become, uh, well, you know, over practice and time, become a full Potter. Yeah, it's it's hard to be a full-time potter though. Even today with a curator coffee, mm-hmm. I would not call myself a full-time potter. Oh, okay. It's yeah, being a full-time potter, it's a it's you really require a lot of talent mm-hmm. and you need to really have the fortune to receive a lot of followers who support your art. And that's something really hard to do. And personally, I I think I probably uh, started too late because I know a lot of potter that are four time potter. They they started mm-hmm. really early on, like when they're kids. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but I enjoy just, you know, selling even just a part-time making ceramic on the site and have people to buy my piece. I, I'm just grateful in that there's, there's people actually will pay for the piece I make mm-hmm. and make me a part-time potter. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you bring all your, your interests together, both coffee and ceramic art comes together and the concept of curator coffee comes together. So how, how, I guess from what I understand, you were first in the, you, you were, you had that pottery bug bit you and you were super into pottery, uh, but you also had that love for coffee in the back of your head. And then you decided to merge the two. The two. Can you tell me about that moment where you decided, you know, combining those two things? Mm, so having a pot coffee shop has it's always been my dream to have a a shop, mm-hmm. and the pottery part kind of just came along because I know I know a lot of potter uh, really are looking for a place to sell their art and. For the Potter in San Antonio, uh, our chance to sell are the Clint Art Festival, which happened about twice a year mm-hmm. or three times a year. If if the board has the time to manage, uh, usually three times a year, but if not, twice a year. So that was kind of like the only chance that Potter get to, you know, get together and sell. But I know a lot of Potter are struggling to try to sell online. Because selling mm-hmm. online, it's yeah, it's it's hard, especially if you don't know the whole marketing strategy. It's, it's really hard because I tried to sell online before too, but mm-hmm. it's really really hard to find the buyers doing online selling. So I feel like you know, if I can have a shop that's open, then I can also provide a place for the potter in San Antonio to continue selling whenever it's not the Glen Art Festival season, right? That's so and nice. So people can just focus on making and I will help them sell it. Um, that's so nice of you that you, you provide a home to artists when at, at this time it's much even harder for them to have a a outlet for their artwork, especially when there's uh, there are smaller artists do tend to have a tougher time in the online market. Um, and what has been the response from them, from the potters to your coffee shop? Yeah, I, I will say they are super nice to me, too. Like a lot of potter, they, you know, donate their piece for my shop so I can use their mug to serve my customer. So it's like, they're super nice to me as well. Like I really appreciate them to, you know, support my shop, to give me a few mugs so I can serve mm-hmm. customer in. So it's like, a, almost like an ecosystem, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, sure. It'd be nice to have a place to sell, but it was also really nice for me to receive their mug so I can serve customer the coffee in. 
their mouth mm-hmm. than just my mug because then customer get bored. I'd be like, oh, it's always the owner's mug, so boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was almost like an eco, eco kind of a feedback from from me and the potter. Mm-hmm. The turn um, is pretty mutual. I feel that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I guess that's how you can say it. It's like we're helping each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So curator, yeah, that's the word. Curator Coffee, the name, where does the name come from? So curator, it's, you know what curator mean, right? It's, it's, a, it's someone who work in the art museum or any sort of gallery to curate um, very special uh, either art or special documentary about history or just to curate, you know, to find that niche of something that's interesting and will attract audience to enjoy. So that's curator. And I thought about curator. I'm like, you know, first I want to focus on coffee and art. So we curate different roster, right? Because most of the shop, they use only one roster and it stick to it mm-hmm. but i want to create that kind of a vibe that to curate different stuff mm-hmm. so beside estate coffee is the only roster that we're gonna stick with just long term um mm-hmm. we actually do use different rosters being uh in each season to just kind of get people like that little creativity of the coffee site you know they come here they can try different beans if they like one roaster more than the other, then they know where to get their coffee in the future. Or <laughs> if um, if they they like, oh, I just want to try new thing all the time, then here we go. We'll be curating new stuff every season. And that's the same thing applied to art. Uh, our goal is to curate different artists in each season. So right now we have our spring artists. But when the mm-hmm. summer hit, we're going to bring the summer artists. So the curator's job in, in terms of museum is to you know, to to find that inspirations that can attract people to come check it out. And that's kind of what drive us too. And the logo, uh, our logo, it looks like a weaving sign, right? And our mm-hmm. logo actually means to weave the value of art, coffee, people, and creativity together. And wow. so that's what all curator coffee represent, really. That's so nice. Thank you. Um, I, I hope that worked for, for people to <laughs> capture that vibe <laughs> from our shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the shop itself, I was happy to be there on the opening day. Um, the aesthetic, I, I have to say, it's pretty unique for San Antonio. I, I don't think San Antonio is used to something like uh, what you have. How, well, how did you, you? What was the? What was your thought when creating that environment that you've created there? So we kind of doing the opposite of what a lot of shop does because. Um, a lot of coffee shops, they're more on the darker color too, right? Uh, usually mm-hmm. the, the light is very dim. Um, mm-hmm. But since we're 
curator. We're curating art. I'm creating more of a brighter environment so the ceramic art can pop in our shop. So everything we in terms of the color that we pick is a very neutral color and white, just bright. So the ceramic art can really stand out. And actually, we encourage our customer to purchase our mug if they like the mug we serve them coffee with when they dine it, because the the lighting is bright, right? So if they they can see the mug clearly to see if they like it or not.、Mm-hmm. So that's something we did slightly different than the traditional coffee shop, more like a mellow lighting,、uh, more like a darker setting.、Mm-hmm. But I think、uh, it sort of worked out because we have a lot of customers that like to just、uh, during the weekday just sit in the shop and do their work、uh, because it was definitely bright enough <laughs> to to read anything you wanted or to work. Yeah. So that's. that's- Something we thought about whenever we、uh, create like the the vibe.、Mm-hmm. It, it's、yeah. a really nice environment, and yeah,、uh, oh, that was、you. the the biggest factor that I noticed that it was clear, nice, bright compared to most coffee shops that do go for that darker theme aesthetic. Sometimes you、right. just want to brighten up your day, right? And your and your coffee shop is a place to go. Yeah, if you like bright. I mean, like it's like when you go to art museum, they're usually pretty bright, right?、Mm-hmm. Unless it's a special curations of specific art, then maybe it will be、uh, playing with the lighting. But、mm-hmm. most of the the museum is bright because、uh, you don't want the lighting to change the color of the art, and so you can just see clearly what it looks like in terms of the art itself, and that's kind of something. I want to focus on. I don't want the the dim light to take away what the pottery is supposed to look like. You know, I don't know、mm-hmm. if you ever experienced that. You bought something and you thought it was this color, but then when you come home, it was like a totally different color. Or <laughs> unlike shopping, it's, you know, it, it's it's happened a couple of times with some clothing stores because some clothing stores also go for that dark aesthetic. So when I、right. thought something was black, it's actually gray or something like that, or yeah. Like... So totally, that's something we want to avoid. <laughs>、uh, yeah. I just want to reiterate what she said that if you go to her coffee shop and you like the mug that you were served in, you could tr- you could buy the mug, right, Yuli? Yeah, yeah.、Really、you can, can buy it. Everything you see in the shop is for sale. <laughs> yeah, it's just that there's so many amazing artists in San Antonio, and I mean, some of the artists that they're they still have a full time job on the side, and、mm-hmm. so they don't have the luxury to create and market at the same time. So、mm-hmm. that's kind of what my goal was: is to more curate like the smaller artists. You know the, the one that has great stuff, but maybe not the time to market.、Um, but we also have some artists that's just really amazing, and we we'd love to just carry their art because it's a it, you know it's just gonna be absolute style if you have those artists pottery <laughs> there because it, it is really good, like very popular stuff. So I I do still really value you know the the popular art artists <laughs> art as well. 
<laughs> but we we do, you know, bring a, a smaller artist into the shop every now and then to just, you know, have have them to, you know, showcase what they have because they mm-hmm. they got good stuff too. And now the coffee. You mentioned you you would you are going to feature a mm-hmm. different bean, a different uh, I guess a different roaster. Would that be the proper term? Sorry. Yeah, roaster. So um, it's yeah. kind of interesting in my journey of learning coffee. Right, what I learned is roaster is roaster, <laughs> barista is barista. There's roasters competition in the world. There's baristas competition in the world. And my part is focusing on the barista part, not the roaster part. Mm-hmm. So uh, barista part is definitely to taste the coffee and then to make the bean perform as good as it can, right? So that's all our job as a barista. But mm-hmm. what I've learned is that every roaster, they taste slightly different, right? Because they ever have a different origin they work with different blend they created and it, it's all good to be to be honest as long as it's fresh roasted is a mm-hmm. arabica bean it's usually all pretty good and we do want to provide that option for our customers to choose from like you know maybe you like this origin or this bean by this roaster more than the other then you can just try that bean and we can do a fresh pull over for you upon the time you're older That's... and then mm-hmm. then you can decide okay if i'm gonna buy a bag of coffee and if you try it, you you try it and you don't like it then <laughs> you now don't buy that right and um yeah it's like i i don't like to say that we have the best thing or who has the best thing i think it's it all depends on who is the drinker right mm-hmm. something i like you may not like and that's why uh, one of our value is people. And what that mean was people are different. We really value that in our, in our value statement and curated coffee. So to value the people, we have to value the differences. And that's why we want to kind of curate different rosters. So have people to have the chance to try it. And like I say, the only roster we cannot stick with is, is state coffee because, um, I, I just like how they work with their farmer and how they roast their coffee. And then the owner was genuinely a very, a very friendly person. He actually has helped up build a shop before we wow. open. So it's kind of like a thank you. We'll always be using their bean too. So, um, well, can you tell us, let's start with them. Uh, can you tell, tell us more about a stick coffee? Yeah, they're pretty cool. So their owner is Brian, and I actually met him through uh, Jenny. Not Jenny, but Jenny introduced me to her friend who owned Pinch Boil. And then Pinch Boil, that guy, he introduced me to stay. So whenever we start building, we don't know a lot about a lot of those regulations and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I asked Brian, which is the state coffee's owner, and he's like very generously share everything he know with us and tell us like, oh, this is what you should do. If you're going to do this yourself, this is what you should be watch out for. And he kind of just 
our mentors through the process of getting permit, getting inspection pass and everything. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I'm just so grateful that he's willing to share his wisdom with us. And for, for that, how grateful we are, we, we will always be curator being in our shop. Nice. Um, and so going now with the seasonal uh, beans that you will be using, how do you go about selecting what would be, what will be like the beans that you will be using for, let's say summer and then fall, winter, you know, how, how do you go about that selection? So we go about that through our team meeting. So we have a lot of roster in San Antonio. And mm-hmm. they all have their, you know, they all have their own attractive side, right? And we kind of just have to do a team meeting. And then during the team meeting, we do our cupping, which I use the form from the specialty coffee associations. And then based on the score I receive from the team member, then we decide on um, which roster do we bring in for the next season? So it is a process that not not my personal effort, but my whole team's effort. Everyone come together, and during the copying, you don't talk to each other. So everyone create a grade on their own, and then we just take the average out of it to see oh, wow. like okay if if which one which one get a higher score at this time. All right, let's bring that up, you know, or each roster has different bean, right? Or maybe mm-hmm. we try the same. We decide, on, okay, we're going to work with this roster, but which bean are we going to pick from this roster, right? Because some roster has the blend, some roster just focuses on single origin. So that's kind of a team effort than something that I just called it out. Does yeah, that make sense? True. That's right. a really cool process. I like how you you keep your team from not telling, like grouping up and picking a bean. Like it's secretive. It's a secret vote. Yeah, secret vote for sure. Like same thing as our monthly special. So we had a monthly special drink every month, and mm-hmm. every time we decide it is will be it'll be a team effort. We'll take anonymous vote, and everyone share the idea. We take anonymous anonymous vote and that uh, what's the special next month so like your brewing style uh your your barista style like i got to try last month's special which was the sakura uh drink mm, the that, cherry blossom yeah, latte your cherry right. blossom sorry sorry my bad my bad cherry blossom latte mm-hmm. which was awesome i enjoyed it uh was that like an original recipe that y'all created or where do these recipes come from? From what you, I know there's like, you know, your, your mm-hmm. standard coffee drinks that you must, that every coffee shop has, cause that's what people want. But those yeah. recipes, how do, do they come from your baristas, from your team, from you? Oh, uh, that one comes from me. So, because our team is new, right? So the first month's mm-hmm. specialty, obviously, at the time the team <laughs> aren't formed, so I have to create a, the first month special. So that was from me. But I made a different style, and I have the team to try it, and then came out came out with what everyone agreed. Oh, 
this recipe tastes the best, and then we stick to that. Yeah. Nice. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your menu and um, what you selected to have there? So it's kind of interesting. We separate our menu into three portions, which is the espresso bar, which is drink that's like latte related or, you know, espresso based drink. And then our second menu mm -hmm. is the coffee because how we curate different roasters in San Antonio. Um, we want to curate a different way of brewing coffee as well, because uh, believe it or not, a different way to brew coffee can take can make the same thing taste different. Um, so I have led the team to try all different way to brew the coffee, and they they can tell the difference too. You know that the bean we experience was the same bean, but doing different brewing method, it tastes just very different. And so whenever we help the customer decide, we can now ask them, what kind of coffee body you prefer? You prefer a thicker one or lighter one, you clean or more dirty? You know, based on that, we can help them pick the filter. We actually provide both paper filter and metal filter for customer to choose from. And so, mm -hmm. like I say, like people was one of our value in curated coffee because we really want to value the differences between people. So our second menu coffee provides different options of brewing metal that people can choose a bean and choose a way they prefer to brew that bean with to try it. Wow. That's really cool. I, you really do curate. Well, I know this is a different term, a different use for the word, but you really do curate to your customers uh, and what they would like to taste. And I like. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's. It, I like that you keep bringing back that concept. That that concept of like people are different. People have different tastes. You go. Most people would say, "Oh, I like going to this coffee shop because I like the way they make." That's like. You get what I'm trying to say there? The statement is always yeah. like, "Oh, let's go to this coffee shop because I like the way they make." their coffee there but right with curator when people go they were like oh i like the way they make my coffee there because it's so their something choice. i want to make sure not happening was i don't know if you ever heard someone say like oh i went to this shop and this barista made great drink but the next day i went there and that specific barista is not there and the drink tastes different and that's mm -hmm. something we absolutely want to avoid. So we actually have very specific recipe, even in our pull over. So we have very specific time and how much gram go to each pull of the pull over process. Mm -hmm. And it's like we're very strict about it. So our shop's work environment is pretty laid back, but it can get intense whenever people aren't following the recipe. Like I unfortunately have to let one team member go because he just not following the recipe. Mm -hmm. So that consistency of that quality we curate is still there. So it doesn't matter when you were there, who were the barista, it will still be the same um, how we curate the bean and the drink too. What goes into becoming part of Yuli's team? 
like what are your stand? Obviously, you're, you have very strict standards, but what what else goes into being becoming part of this special team that you have going? You have to like coffee, really. <laughs> you have to like coffee, and you have to like art too, because and and our thing is to to chill, you know, like mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty chill environment when people are there and like that that's something i really focus on like i have to let one member go because he was just kind of rushing everyone and i have heard complaint from all the team member like not enjoying working with this person <laughs> because he just like to rush people and so stuff like that it's it's definitely something we consider you know is this person a good team member this the overall team does everyone enjoying working with this person or not right mm-hmm. so definitely has to be like you know chill easy going but also uh, enjoying coffee and actually value what we value in curator too because it's like i say before it's hard to do a good job if you don't like it like when mm-hmm. i was doing finance job i don't think i did a great job because i don't genuinely I, I don't like it, you know, so I don't think I can do a good job of it if I don't like it. And that's the same thing that applied to being a barista. You, you can do a good job of it if you don't like what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can fake it. Right. So that's definitely the number one is like, do you like coffee? And do you like art? Do you like people? Do you enjoy creativity in terms of providing idea for the next month's specialty drink. But again, no, that creativity, it's, it's a dangerous world whenever you're talking about drink because we do want people to still follow our drink recipe. <laughs> one day. Yeah, like pour over, <laughs> require certain time to cool and certain grim going to it. That That is a process that we study and curate and find out the best. So that's something that the team has to follow through, yeah. I like how you have designated times to be creative and then there's designated times to uh, follow a strict, well, not, not, strict is a strong word, but, you know, a precise coffee recipe to deliver the set, that same test taste again. Yeah, we, I do like the word strict, actually, like. (laughs) My my team member knows, like, if, I mean, especially we just started, we have to really make sure the quality is there. Like, for example, if, if I see they didn't sting the milk right, or maybe the coffee milk percentage is off, I would go ahead and tell and remake it. Because as a very small shop, we can't risk our quality to go down. Because otherwise, people would have just go to the corporate coffee, not us. Right. So I I do tell them, like, our recipe, you'll have to follow it unless the customer require a modification. Then sure, we value people. We value that customer has a special request. We'll do it. But unless there's special requests, otherwise, we do want people to come every time for the same drink. It's the same drink every time, no matter which barista it is. Um, Yeah, that's like a, a very serious thing. It turns out for me and my team members know that I'm very strict about quality because if, if the quality is not there, then 
that's what I tell my team. If the quality is not there, then we're not curated coffee. We're someone else. And that's not why people coming for us for, right? They could have just go to all the shop, not curated coffee anymore. I, so, love your, I love your passion, Yuli. So it's um, like, it's a chill working environment, but also very strict in terms of which dream we send out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I saw you send a couple of drinks back when I was there. I did see that. Right. You were like, nope. And the drink, the, they had to rebrew it. I did see that happen there. So that, yeah. I, I, know, I saw it firsthand, the passion that's, the fire that's because there. if it's not right, it's not us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you have all this passion. You have the right idea. You have the concept. And I'm pretty sure a big question that came to a lot of people was that: Are you really doing this now? Like in the middle of <laughs> what is you know of, of all this? And how did you react to all this? Like. Yeah, I, I know the, the COVID time, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, so yeah. even during this time, uh, we still request our customer to wear masks. And mm-hmm. to to be fair, our shop has a capacity that CT give us is 44 people. But our shop currently only have probably uh, about 12 CT. <laughs> so it's way mm-hmm. under 50% of capacity. So uh, I was tell customer, once you sit down, you can remove your mask. But when you're ordering, when you're checking all our stuff, please put masks on. And we mm-hmm. have customer walk in and didn't wear a mask. And just, I'm like, I'm sorry, like, you have to wear a mask. We try to provide them a free mask, clean free mask. And they refuse to wear it. And, uh, you know, just, I can't serve you coffee. And they, they have to leave. Mm-hmm. That does happen. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's not the majority of our customer. And so I will say we're very fortunate that our crowd of customers are very caring and very understanding um, why we still insist to, you know, social distance in the shop. That's why we don't have a lot of sitting indoor. Mm-hmm. Um, And still wanting to, I think majority of our customers are super. Super cool about it. They're super awesome. uh, Respect. your um participation in your coffee shop and for them being there and enjoying yeah. the experience I, I hope, curator coffee hope so. i hope so yeah i'm a uh, i'm a very picky <laughs> eater so some is it getting an artisan latte as they they are then mm-hmm. and people that my employee that value it definitely enjoying that I having a setup rule I have to feedback from my employee that 
you know, they really like that. I have very clear recipe. They know what to follow if they're not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely that's not something for everyone. But uh, so, you know, I would say whoever like fit well in our team is definitely something hold real high standard to themselves too, you mm-hmm. know, and we're in the food service industry. So our job is to bring people that happiness, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what oh. attract me the most in the food industry too, is to, you know, be serious on ourselves and bring that enjoyment to our customer. I like that. So yeah. really, I'm, uh, I'm, we're kind of closing on time, but uh, what are your hopes for the future with Curator Coffee? My hope? What happens? I don't have like a big long-term hope. My current hope is just to get our name out. (laughs) 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 Because we didn't really pay much for marketing. So, Mm -hmm. so far, our customer is really just the, the word of mouth or people's willing to um, market for us for free. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's my hope. I I hope that, you know, people just come to us and then really enjoying our environment. And Mm -hmm. I do really value customers' feedback too. So we actually did just modify our matcha latte recipe because we have received feedback from customer and then we try it, the old recipe, with a new one and then the whole thing is like yeah the new one's much better the old one sucks so <laughs> things like that um i hope i can you know just receive different feedback from customers so we can work on improving our drink and to curate that that taste that will fit your taste bud mm-hmm. in the long term you know so so the roaster can have like a chance a place to kind of show their being before, mm-hmm. um, you know, before the customers die, like, oh, which thing do I buy? Because there's all sort of different options out there. Yeah. You hope you, you just hope to give good service and make good coffee. I guess, yeah. That's <laughs> kind of. I feel like that's like the the mission as a barista is to curate good drink. Is to. Um, yeah, to cater to customers' taste. And sometimes to educate the customer too, because sometimes the customer don't know as much of what is it that they're drinking. They're just like, oh, this tastes good, but they don't know why it tastes good. And That's me. <laughs> so, so sometimes, uh, like, we have a customer just happened today uh, he ordered the coffee and it was like, oh, this tastes good. I have something like this similar. And I was like, oh, is it from this origin, the coffee you had before? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, that's why, because the coffee you have today is from the same origin. And that origin was known for being, you know, citrus and fruity. But the, the mm-hmm. Ethiopian is the origin that we're talking about. Okay. And uh, so things like that, you know, I, I feel like I just helped that customer realize, like, okay, I like coffee from Ethiopia. And so in the future, if he's somewhere else and missing that taste and all he has to do is find that origin of coffee and find that roast, then he can recreate that taste at home or, you know, find that taste from somewhere else if he moves away from San Antonio or something. (laughs) You're right. That's so nice of you. So 
let us know where are you located, Curator Coffee. Yuli, plug it in. Where is Curator Coffee? We are in between John Smolsberger and Thousand Oaks, that HEB shopping plaza there. We're right next to an Italian restaurant, Caparelli. Um, you can also Google map uh, just Curator Coffee and check in out San more Antonio, of our story. Um, yeah, San Antonio, Texas. And we have a website, curatorcoffee.com. You can check mm-hmm. out more story about what we do and where we will be pop up at in San Antonio on our website. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Check yeah, out our Instagram is curator underscore coffee. Curator underscore coffee, where y'all can go follow them and see all the art, see Yuli's adventures when she does the pop-up cart. Um, look at the drinks and and just take a look at also at the pottery art that's there. And you could also try to buy a really nice cap from Curator Coffee. Um, can people buy online if they would like anything from Curator Coffee? Uh, we do have a very small selections online, uh, but I don't. I don't recommend it buying online because you have to pay for shipping <laughs> if, if you don't do a store pickup. So I, I much recommend if people have the time, you know, if you're busy during the weekday, visit us the weekend. We open Saturday and Friday all the way until 9.30 p.m. So, you know, just stop Bye-bye. by. If you don't drink beer, you can drink coffee to hang out <laughs> with your friends. <laughs> so, yeah. We all put pretty late on those two days. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Julie. It was a pleasure having you on the show. I I really enjoyed this conversation and I learned a lot. Oh, thank you. I am glad you are, you know, curious on what we do. Like, I really appreciate that (laughs) curiosity and willing to give us a little chance to talk about what we do. (laughs) It really helped the whole thing out. No problem at all. Uh, thank you so much noe thank you and thank you to the listener for tuning to the show uh to this episode of your way with noe and just a reminder this episode of your way with noe and any other episodes before this are available on all major streaming podcast platforms such as spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and amazon music uh, you can follow me also on Twitter and Instagram at YoSoyNoAno. And um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Julie, for being on the show. Thank you, Noe. Give us a chance to get our name out. <laughs> yeah, drink at Curator Coffee. Thank you so much. Thank you. My name All right. Is, <laughs> my name is Noe, and this has been Curator Coffee's Way. Thank you. <laughs>